Hey everyone, Caitlin here. Before today's episode, I wanted to take a quick moment to acknowledge what's happening in the world and send our best to the horse community, especially to those with businesses being impacted by the show cancellations. We want to support in any way that we can, and so we're offering free advertising on our episodes. If you have or know of somebody with a business that may benefit from some extra exposure at this time, please shoot me an email at caitlin at findingthefield.com. That's K-A-I-T-L-Y-N at findingthefield.com. I'm hoping we can do more, but this is something we can do now. All the best, and now to the show. Don't worry. It'll, it'll be okay. Don't, don't overthink things. Don't, don't create a problem that isn't there. From Digital Horsemanship, this is Finding the Field. I'm your host, Caitlin Hurst. You also mentioned that clean run. Is that kind of how you think about a successful run before mm-hmm. you go in versus like going in, going hard, going big? How do you think about? I think about if I think about, ah, oh, I need to mark a 220, then most of the time I mark like a 208. You know, I try and think about clean, executing everything clean. So when I run down the fence, you know, I tell myself to watch my cow and ride by and keep myself in position so my horse can do his job and it'll make a pretty turn or make it clean. When I go into the raining, I think about how to execute each maneuver. I don't necessarily think about, man, I hope my horse runs and slides a mile. I hope I'm like, okay, I try and think about the perfect rundown or me giving my horse every opportunity to have that perfect rundown. You know, am I in the proper position or my hand, you know, don't think about a big run because then I think a person gets ahead of themselves. I get ahead of myself and will just get too much going on and forget about where I'm at and what I'm doing and not feel my horse underneath me. Not to put you on the spot, but I think that rundown is a good example. Could you maybe walk us through, like if you're sitting there visualizing the perfect rundown, like what are the pieces that you think about? I think about um, when I round that corner or my feet out of them, because I have a tendency to get tight and, and grab with my feet. Well, then when I grab with my feet, I fall over their ears at the stop. So, you know, I think about, am I looking up or am I looking at the dirt? You know, am I hanging on their face or am I letting them run? I think about, are they reaching or do I need a ride right here? And that literally, those are all the things that run through my head. I round the corner. Where am I? Am I out of them? Are they reaching? Do I need a ride? And all that stuff goes through my head in preparing for the stop. I don't run down there going, man, I hope they run and stop good. The stop will either be there or it won't if you give that, give them the, every opportunity to have a good rundown. Stop is the result of proper preparation. Yeah. Yep. So at Snufflebit too, you had a motto. Talk to us a little bit about your motto. Is that still, did you have it before? Did you have it after? And how did it, that work? Uh, I can and I will. Um, that motto kind of came about that summer. I was, it was back in that moment when I was struggling to figure out what fit for me in preparation to go horse show. And it, it was a big mental struggle to really ensure myself that I can do this and this is where I need to be. And, and I, I got hooked on, um, and I still am hooked on them, but I got hooked on motivational videos and there was a saying in one of those motivational videos when they were talking about, I don't know if they use the exact words I can and I will, but that was, that was the grand scheme of what they were saying. And so I just started telling myself, you can do this and you will do this. 
And so I started writing on my arm, I can and I will. And it was just purely for my own self motivation every day. I wrote it on my arm and it just kept me, it just kept me going. It was one of those things, the more, the more you read it and see it, the more you believe it. So I did it so I could read it and see it every day. I love that. I think we all kind of adopt little things like that that help us along yep. along the way. So then you go in, you have your good runs, then you have your fence run, you score that remarkable 228, and then eventually you find out you get reserved. Now, you were before you even knew that, that fence run, you were, before you heard the score, you were so excited. Tell us about that moment. Like, what were you, when you finished that fence run, what was kind of the first thing that went through your mind? I don't remember the exact first thing that went through my mind. I just knew that it was really fast and really accurate. And I was so excited about that. I never, you know, I, uh, I never left. I had no idea what they were going to score it. I, I, I didn't know at all, but I know that we were running really fast the whole time. And that, that horse that day felt incredible. I couldn't, I couldn't have asked him to, I couldn't have asked him to be any better that day. And so that just with that run and the crowd, it was just one of those very overwhelming moments that you can't really get back. I was there for that run and the crowd was screaming. Yep. Trainers were up on the fence. Yeah. Everybody was rooting for you. Yeah. That was, that was pretty incredible. It was, it was probably one of those moments that you, you dream of happening, but doesn't always happen. So you're thankful when it does. Yeah. Yeah. Defining moment. Yep. Yeah. And special for for that horse because he had been in the limited as well. So he had gone many times already. A lot of those horses, it was their first finals round. Yeah. That was by the time he made that fence run, I think that was maybe run number nine. I think it was close. So good thing he had lots of energy. Yeah. (laughs) And the one thing I love about that run too, that I think all of our listeners will appreciate it was if you go back and look at it and you can watch it on YouTube is to your point of being clean and correct. It wasn't one of those big, wild, crazy, fast, out of control runs. It was totally in control. You were where you needed to be. And it just kind of shows that if you go out there with the intention of being correct, big things can can happen. happen. Yeah. And I mean, I remember watching it once and timing it from the whole time I was in the arena because I left in a hurry as fast as I came in, I went out and I wasn't in the arena that long. It, it happened real fast, real fast. And it was a really, really enjoyable moment. Did anybody come congratulate you? Do you, any, anything that anybody said stand out? I mean, Man, I'm sure everybody did. But. Yeah, it was, it was a great night. It was it was amazing. There's so many, so many people you don't realize. I don't think you realize the support you have behind you. You know, and unfortunately, sometimes it's moments like that, that bring it out. I, I knew I had a lot of support, but that night it just, it was crazy. It was really unbelievable. The amount of support that, that you see you have behind you and stuff like that happens. So it was great. There were so many people that seemed genuinely so happy for you that it was, it was just unforgettable. Yeah. Very special moment. Yeah. So are there any lessons from that? particular experience that you've, you've brought with you over the last few years? I think the biggest thing, and I think I've said this already, but the biggest thing that I, that I took away from that night was, you know, that I was on the right path. I struggled that we talked about. I'd struggled with, you know, whether this is what I was supposed to do or where I needed to be. And probably everything that every young trainer, when they go out on their own, you struggle with, you know, whether, whether this is really the path you're supposed to be on or the right 
career choice or whether you're even cut out for this industry. And I think, I think the biggest thing that I took away from that run that night was that, you know, yeah, it's, it's where you're supposed to be. So what have the last few years been like? What, what's they've been, they've been good. Same thing. I think filled with lots of ups and downs. I mean, this is what year five, I think that we've been on our own now and it's been very gratifying. Our business is doing amazing. We have great, great customers and great horses and our family supports us, but you still struggle with those highs and lows making finals and just, just trying to just really find your niche in your program of what works for you consistently. And, and it's not, we didn't have that run and then we had it made, you know, there was still a lot of highs and lows and struggling with just different parts, but, but it's been incredible and we're, we're on a good path. It's really awesome. So. How has your program evolved being on your own? What does it look like today? Today, it looks like I am getting more comfortable and more confident and I'm enjoying the process much more again. I think because I'm getting more comfortable with what I'm doing, doing daily, I trust my process more. I know my process of training better than I ever have now. Still obviously learning and changing, changing, but, or evolving maybe but I'm getting much more comfortable with my process and trusting my process. I kind of finding my groove, but without getting stuck in that rut. So is there a horse or experience within there that has been kind of a, a defining moment in terms of gaining more confidence where you feel like you took one more big step or. I don't know if I can name a horse individually because I've ha I have fortunately, and I, I mean, a lot of people have really nice horses, but I have great, some really great horses. I think, you know, there's been one little horse that has probably helped me figure things out sometimes, maybe more than others, because he's let me, I've kind of maybe stubbed my toe on him and made a mistake here or there. And he just keeps trying and just keeps doing his job. But every horse I have, I think has taught me something a little better than I knew before to find the path that I'm comfortable on in my program. So that horse that's helped you a little bit, what's his name? His, his barn name is, uh, Wee Man. His registered name is Pepto's Last Bet. He's, he looks like a little pony. He's, uh, he's, he's just a cute little guy and we own him personally. And, and he's just been a little, he's been my trooper of a horse. He, he's let me kind of make some mistakes and he never quits. He just keeps going. So. Can you tell us maybe about a time where that happened, where you feel like you made a mistake with him and he just, you know, I through? think probably one time that, that stands out was, right after I had Wesley and I come back and I was horse showing and, and in the prelims I had, uh, at the Derby and Paso, I had, I had a okay reigning run, but I made a few mistakes and I prepared him not nearly as good as I should have. And I went back after the prelims and watched a lot of video and saw where I had flawed him probably quite a bit. And fortunately I had a day or two and he is, this is why he's such a good little horse. He's very forgiving. He, let me kind of turn them around and smooth things out in a couple of days. And, and we had a really good finals. So love horses like that. Yes, me too. Me too. You, you mentioned that when you went on your own from Todd's that you didn't feel like you knew how to prepare a horse to go horse show. How do you feel about that piece now? And then what does that look like preparing a horse to go show versus training a horse at home? So I knew how to train a horse, but 
when I, earlier on, when I would go get ready to go horse show, I would worry more about the maneuver than the approach to the maneuver. So I would practice the maneuver a lot, which might entail winning the practice pin or for lack of better words, you know, I would, I would have him dialed in, in that maneuver, but I would fail to work on the approach to each maneuver or even realize that something wasn't right going to the maneuver. So then when I would go horse show and you're nervous and they're, they're maybe a little more on edge, it would never work out as I had planned because I, I never really knew how to, or never really thought about working on the parts versus working on the maneuver itself. I, I skipped that step. I would just go, I would just go stop, mm. but I wouldn't really. And I knew better than that. I knew better than to do that. Cause Todd never taught me to work on a maneuver. He told me to work on the parts to the maneuver, but I would get so worked up about going to a horse show that I would focus on what they weren't. I would focus on just stopping or just turning or, you know, they weren't, they weren't turning with a cow on the fence. Well, why aren't they turning with a cow on the fence? Because the approach wasn't good or same thing in the raining, you know, I would, wouldn't diagnose what the problem was. I would get so focused on making a run, then I wouldn't train them and prepare them properly. Admittedly, my experience in the herd work, the cutting side of things is very, very little, minimal to, to none. Is preparing for that class any different than preparing for the others? At the time it was for me, I kept, I, had, I felt like I struggled with preparing for each event now, maybe more. So that's where I feel I'm getting more confidence in my program and it's evolving better that there's a lot of similarities on how I prepare for each event, how my horses are trained, that it's not such a drastic change from the herd work to the fence work to the reining. I mean, they do, they are different obviously, but the way I'm getting more confidence in preparing my horse, it's not that different you adjust a few things here and there and tweak a few things, but you're not overhauling and changing. And that's where I struggled with early on is, I mean, I, I made it so much harder on myself and my horses than what I needed to, which just made everything difficult. So now when you have a big show coming up, how far in advance do you start thinking about it? Do you change anything that you do? What does that preparation look like? Honestly, I try not to think about it. I try not to think about that we're going to go horse show in less than 20 days. I just try every day. I just train with an open mind and make sure I pick the parts. You know, if they're not doing this today, I'll work on that, but I'm not going to get in a, get excited that we're going to go horse show. So I need to do all three events every day, or I need to, you know, I just every day, just keep training, keep bringing them along. And hopefully my timing is right. Come horse show and they're, they're ready to go show. Should the show pen feel the same to them as the practice pen? I want it to. I don't know. I don't know if it does. We, I strive for that. Yeah. I strive to make them as comfortable in the show pen as what they are in the practice pen. But we all know when we go horse show, things change a little bit, but I, I worked really hard to make myself aware of that. I do the same thing in both pens. Don't change. And that's hard. Yeah. Even down to like, the things you don't feel like you're doing, like maybe I'm not feel like I'm not changing anything physically, but I am, you well, are somewhere. The horse <laughs> feels it. They're like psychic yeah, or something. Exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> What's one thing that you've learned about yourself in the recent years? I think one thing that I've learned about myself in recent years is to not 
I know I overthink things. I overthink things really bad. I have a tendency to create stuff when there's nothing there to even be created in. And I'm slowly getting a handle on that. Just, it's fine. Don't, don't worry. It'll, it'll be okay. Don't, don't overthink things. Don't, don't create a problem that isn't there. You know, and if I feel like I get, I, if I feel I find myself getting to that point, I'll just, I've gotten better at removing myself, you know, from that horse or from a situation to where I can just take a step back, you know, take a breath, look and just start over again because I, I will, I'm bad about overthinking things. So yeah, walk us through that a little bit. Is, is that what you do? So maybe, I mean, we can put it in the context. It happens at home too, I'm sure, but maybe in the context of a show, if you're in that practice pen and you start to kind of recognize like, this isn't going right. It's probably me. I'll just, I've notoriously just got off that horse and had Anthony or Sarah sit on it. And I always, 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 even at home or at the horse show, if I feel something going wrong, I always try to find a good way out of a bad situation. And I've really learned to, you know, just stop. And like I said, I'll get off or I'll just stop and just sit there for a second and just try to recompose and regroup. And heck, even if I've gone to another arena before, maybe, you know, when you get in the practice fence sometimes and there's lots of busy, it's busy and there's lots of horses and people and it can make you do things that you don't even think you're doing. So I've gone and just relocated myself to somewhere maybe where it's quiet and I can just assess the situation and feel, go back to just feeling what is actually happening and not thinking what is going on or just, just change it up. Just do something different. I bet running your own business has its own pressures like that too. How do you deal with those? I just try wholeheartedly, which is really hard for me, but to not overthink it. Just, yeah, just keep working. And I've learned, I've learned a lot in the last six months since we've had our own place that What's going to be is going to be, you can only do so much with what you have. You can only do with what you have to work with and everything else will happen in good time. And you can't, you can't make anything happen or you can't force anything. I just, it's been actually really good for me to have our own place now because it's kind of given me more of a breath that I can't worry about it. You can't worry anything into happening. So it's just, it's going to, you work with what you have to deal with at that time and it'll figure itself out. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that change since having your own place? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's amazing, but there has definitely been its challenges. You know, um, our, our big arena is almost finished. It's so close. So that was, that was a big challenge worrying about how I was, you know, the pressures of having to prepare your horses for the rain work and the fence work with 120 by 120 indoor arena. That was stressful, but you know, we have a lot of great friends and great people that, supported us and and you just come to the conclusion that you're going to have to haul off every day for the next 6 months or not every day but a lot to yeah. to properly prepare your horses and you know what it worked out it it worked out really good it got me out of my comfort zone i mean i had to go to a million different places to prepare my horses and i mean it was like horse showing only you were schooling and so it it actually probably worked out better it was good for me i got out of my got out of my comfort zone and had to go to different arenas and different places and different situations. And I mean, it was really good, but it, it was stressful for a while, but I just had to, I finally let myself come to the conclusion that it's going to be what it's going to be. And 
your focus is to get these horses trained and do the best job you can do and everything else will take care of itself. Yep. Work with, work with what you got. Yep. I bet that's, I'm making some, well, kind of an an educated assumption that hauling off to all those other places probably benefits your horses. Yeah. Those horses were great on the trailer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they, uh, they got very comfortable with being hauled all over the country. So it was, it was real good for them. (laughs) Good, good. Uh, What's the next hurdle you're looking to clear? You know, I don't, I don't know that I have a specific hurdle. I just, my goal is just to keep moving forward. I don't know that I can think of a specific hurdle to overcome, but I just want my horses and my program and our business just to keep moving forward as it has. I feel like it's kind of come leaps and bounds and I just, I want it to keep progressing. So what is it about the horses that makes you so passionate about what you do? I think their hearts, they're great big animals that are a lot bigger than us. And the fact that they are willing to do some of the crazy things we ask them to do. I mean, they have to have huge hearts. That's, that's what I would say. Do you feel like you were born with it? The love for horses or what was for sure? I think, I think to do what we do and to want to do it daily, eat, sleep, breathe horses. I think it's got to be in your blood. Absolutely. And your husband, you obviously run your business together. Yep. And so he's also a trainer. Yep. So it must be in his blood yep. as well. <laughs> and now you have Wesley. Yeah. And that kid loves her ride. He was out yep. here yesterday and he, you, when he's out here, you can't keep him off a horse. So it's, it's pretty funny. So watch out for the little protege. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, what are a couple of things that you do? I know we hit on a few of them so far, but what are a couple of things that you do for yourself that you feel like supports your success? You know, I think whether it be a quality or not, I'm very anal for a lack of better words about the care of my horses. Sarah, the girl that works for us is she deals with me very well. I'm very, um, I don't, I don't even know the word to use particular, particular about them. Yeah. I mean those in what ways, I mean, if their legs wrapped or, you know, I'm, we feed, we feed in the evenings here and, at first, one would think that's kind of a pain, but actually the I'm glad that we do it because I'm very, very particular about their feed and just just the care they get. You know, we have a great group of vets behind us. I kind of keep them on call. Um, Dr. Joe Carter and Dr. Scott Strozenheiter from Brazos Valley Equine, they they're awesome. And they they're they've been on speed dial. <laughs> So I just, uh, yeah, I'm pretty particular about the care for my horses. Are there any like special maintenance? I mean, there's like the normal horse maintenance, performance horse maintenance stuff, but are there any like little things that you do? You know, not, I don't think any different than anybody else. We ice a lot of legs. We wrap a lot of legs. We, that sort of stuff, but nothing out of the norm. I don't think. Yeah. All else fails. Ice it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Ice it and wrap it. It'll be good. Yeah. (laughs) So we're almost to the end here. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to be sure we cover? I don't think so. I think we're, I think we're good. Okay. Rapid fire round time then. What is your specialty? What is your trainer superpower? I am still searching for that trainer superpower. I've thought I've, you know, yep. I'm still searching. It's, it's a work in progress. I'm going to go on a limb and say it probably has something to do with you being so humble. (laughs) What is a personal habit that contributes to your success? Um, I think the commitment to my horses. 
full, full heartedly. I think it's my commitment to my horses and my business. Yep. What's the best advice you've ever been given as a horse person? That was a long time ago. And somebody told me when I decided I thought I wanted to be an assistant trainer or do the horse training as a career that they told me to, and I'll never forget. They just said, keep your head down and do your job. And if it's, and it was that simple, just keep your head down and work your butt off. What advice would you give somebody else looking to improve as a horse person? I would tell them the same thing. Keep your head down, work your butt off, go find somebody that you have the utmost respect for in their program, in their business and learn all you can learn from them. And don't expect it to happen overnight because it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, you got to, you got to be committed and learn their program top to bottom. Not, you're not going to do it in a year and you're probably not going to do it in two years. You might do it in three or four years to where you can confidently do the tasks that they want you to do, but it's, it doesn't happen overnight. So what's next for you? NRCHA Celebration of Champions in February. That's right. Yep. So excited. Yep. That'll be a good one. Yep. It's going to be great. In fact, I looked the other night because I was super lazy and hadn't bought tickets yet and it's sold out except for standing room. Oh, no. Like, okay, guess I'm standing. <laughs> He's in, the, the best seats are standing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there for that. Well, that's super exciting. Um, and then people can connect with you on Facebook, Aaron Tormino. Is yep. there somewhere else that we should look Instagram. for? And Instagram. Yep. So you can connect with Aaron on Facebook and on Instagram, Tormino Performance Horses. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, Aaron. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Finding the Feel. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook to join the conversation. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app to catch the next episode. And if you've enjoyed this one, please share with a friend. It's very much appreciated. Until next time. Thank you.